You're listening to RTNT, Radio Totally Normal Toronto. My mental illness allows me to be more compassionate. I don't let it stop me from what I have to do in life. My mental health helps me relate to other people. I'm not afraid of it anymore. I'm at peace with my mental illness. Mental illness saved my life. My mental illness has helped me learn about myself. It's given me a new outlook on life. Hey everyone, and welcome to Radio Totally Normal Toronto on CJRU 1280 AM and CJRU.ca. I'm Annie. And I'm Vincent. We will be your hosts for today's special one-hour episode in support of World Mental Health Day. Radio Totally Normal Toronto, or RTNT for short, is produced by the members and staff of Progress Place, a mental health recovery centre in downtown Toronto. This year's World Mental Health Day focus is on young people and mental health in a changing world. Adolescence and the early years of adulthood are a time of life when many changes occur. For example, changing schools, leaving home, and starting university or a new job. For many, these are exciting times. They can also be times of stress and apprehension, however. In some cases, if not recognized and managed, these feelings can lead to mental illness. The expanding use of online technologies, while undoubtedly bringing many benefits, can also bring additional pressures, as connectivity to virtual networks at any time of day and night grows. Fortunately, there is a growing recognition of the importance of helping young people build mental resilience from the earliest ages in order to cope with the challenges of today's world. Evidence is growing that promoting and protecting adolescent health brings benefits, not just to adolescents' health, both in the short and the long term, but also to economies and society with healthy young adults able to make greater contributions to their workforce, their families and communities, and society as a whole. Here at RTNT, we think about youth and mental health a lot. Many Progress Plus members are young and have encountered some of the issues that World Mental Health Day is highlighting this year. It is also a concern for clubhouses across the country and the world. What's a clubhouse, you ask? We have RTNT member Belk to explain. At Progress Place, we believe that recovery from mental illness is possible when it involves the individual in a community, one that offers hope, respect, and opportunities for personal development. Progress Place is a recovery center for people living with mental illness, combining a comprehensive network of services that includes employment, education, recreation, and housing. Our innovative approach to psychosocial rehabilitation is progressive and world-renowned. We are committed to helping people stay out of hospitals, achieve their personal goals, and contribute to the communities they live in. Progress Place is a part of Clubhouse International, which is a rapidly growing organization helping accredited clubhouses worldwide help one another. They operate on proven standards which have been developed by Clubhouse International over two decades and which are effective in over 320 clubhouses worldwide. The vision of the clubhouses is to see a world where people with mental illness recover 
and are an integral part of society. To find a clubhouse near you, or for additional information, please visit clubhouseinternational.org. You are listening to Radio Totally Normal Toronto on CJRU 1280 AM and CJRU.ca in Toronto. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to RTNT's special one-hour episode in support of World Mental Health Day. For more information about Progress Place, please visit progressplace.org. Today we'll hear interviews regarding young adults from three different clubhouses across Canada. Progress Place, based in Toronto, Montreal's Donna Berman Uphouse, and Potential Place in Calgary. First, we'll be hearing from Potential Place, a clubhouse based in Calgary, Alberta. Caitlin, Joey, and Kyle from Potential Place discuss social media and cyberbullying and how it affects our mental health. Let's hear what they have to say. Hello, my name is Cal. And I'm Caitlin. And I'm Joey. And we are from Potential Place Society Clubhouse in Calgary, Alberta. And today we're going to be talking about social media and mental health. So to start with, uh, we want to talk about the widespread use of social media and how it changes and affects specifically the lives of young people. Um, so I think all of us here, um, you know, we're in our 20s, we're younger, we grew up with the internet, we grew up using social media. Um, how do you feel that how it affects and how, how does it affect younger people? Well, I mean, for me, like, the way it's affected me was just during my days of being depressed and everything, right? It's kind of used as a way to try and connect with people or feeling wanted and everything, right? And so, you know, and I think a lot of people can connect that way. Like, you know, some of my best friends that don't live in the same city that's how we connect right so uh -huh. but you know then you get the negative side of it too where you're so desperate for likes or that attention uh -huh. that some people will just be so attached to their phones and their social media that uh -huh. they're always checking up on it constantly i think there's a lot of pros to it but Having a lot of more, a lot more information is really good for your mind, but I feel like it's overwhelming people now because there's so much out there, and it's like a lot of it is negative, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's mm -hmm. really stressful for people to hear all the negative things going on in the world, and like, yeah, it's hard so, to regulate it. Yeah, it would definitely affect your mental health and your like emotional well-being. Yeah, yeah. I think growing up with it like really changed us as well because a lot of people haven't like people are just starting to get a grasp on it now of mm -hmm. how to balance it in their lives because mm. since we just grew up with it it's just like such a huge pressure to be involved with it and like use it and just be aware of it but I'm noticing a trend now with people around their 20s like completely getting off social media for mm -hmm. the most part like, yeah. I hear so many of my friends saying that, and, like, I do that myself, actually, because of, like, how it affected me mentally and, like, my self-esteem and all that. Yeah, and even, like, if not getting off completely, there's a lot of people I know that will take breaks. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to, like, I'm going to take a break for off from Twitter for, like, a week. Bye. You yeah. Know? And, and just because you need it. Mm -hmm. It's too much all the time. Because there's this compulsion, I think, when you're using Twitter or Facebook or anything, you're checking it. You're checking your phone every hour every 
10 minutes sometimes, right? Yeah. And it's like, because you have to. But if you make that time and you take a break, then it's like, oh, I'm not doing this for now. Yeah, it's like... It's like a vacation now, just to take a break from social media. Like, that's when you know you've had a real vacation, is when (laughs) you've had the break. (laughs) It's true, it's true. Um, And do you feel like there's there's been a link between social media and mental health? Yeah. Or for other people? Like, uh, again, for me, it's more just, like, as my mental health got better, I Mm -hmm. felt like I didn't need to be on social media all the time or mm-hmm. you know like i might post once a month or something now right and yeah a lot of the times my posts now are more meaningful i would say and just you know i'm doing something fun or exciting mm-hmm. and so i'll post about that because i want to share with the people i care about yeah. rather than sharing because i feel forced or i that's the only way i can connect with people or you know mm-hmm. Or just because of feeling low, you Mm -hmm. know, that you want that attention, you kind of want to add to your friend counter or your Mm -hmm. like counter. Yeah. So So do you feel like there was a time before when you, it it was negatively affecting your mental health? Well, (laughs) definitely because, you know, after high school ended, like I wasn't on Facebook during high school Mm -hmm. and... No, as I got more and more depressed and lost contact with people, I used Facebook. That's when I started Facebook, right? And because I wanted to reconnect, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's so definitely had those moments where I used Facebook because my mental health was so bad that I yeah wanted to feel connected with people again, and totally yeah. Yeah, definitely. When I was younger, um, just seeing pictures of, like, other girls and other people's lives, like, really affected my self-esteem when I was younger. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, like, I grew up with a lot of body image issues, and, like, I think everyone does nowadays. uh So I just completely, like, stopped using social media to combat that because I realized it just wasn't doing anything positive for me in my life. Uh Yeah, it sounds like what I'm hearing is there's a there's a balance, right? It's yeah. it's maintaining a balance, a healthy balance. Yeah. Um, how do you feel like um, you 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 can do that? Well, I mean, you know, just keeping busy mm-hmm. alone, right? Because once you're just in bed doing nothing, like that's the worst time. Yeah. Because oh, you, yeah. you know, it's you're always with your phone mm-hmm. and. You know, it's like, oh, what to do? So you go on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, right? And yeah. So that's kind of the tough part is it takes a lot of self-control or, you know, you have those moments where you're alone and sometimes it's just sleep, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like you want to connect. Yeah. But it's at the same time, it's it's isolating, but yeah. you're not genuinely connecting yeah. with people, right? Yeah, Yeah, it's not face-to-face or anything. It's Mm -hmm. just through a screen, Mm -hmm. so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, there are people that can make genuine connections online, but it's it's hard, and it's it's rare, you know? And how how do you feel like you've found a balance in your life? Um, I think the biggest thing is just, like, asking yourselves questions before you post anything or 
like just checking your mood when you're using it because mm-hmm. a lot of the times I'm scrolling through things I'm like do I feel bad or good about myself right now like mm-hmm. even just looking at Facebook I'm like looking at other people's pictures and stuff I'm like do I feel happy or sad and if I feel sad I just I don't use it like I just get off immediately because I don't want to be in that space in my life where I feel bad about myself or I have low self-esteem because yeah. it's just a waste of time yeah <laughs> to feel that way totally and maybe like text a friend instead yeah. or like give someone a call or mm-hmm. totally what do you when do you feel like using social media or being online um becomes like a, a problem or an addiction for people I think anytime it's like impacting you negatively or um, you're having mood issues or you mm-hmm. just feel out of control, mm-hmm. then I think it's a problem and you should probably stop. Mm-hmm. Cause like, like it, yeah. yeah, if it's just affecting you negatively, like I think you have a problem. Yeah. It's like a compulsion. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Makes sense. Have you, do you feel like you've ever experienced like addiction or, or, um, using social media like as a crutch well it's one it's hard to say for that right because mm-hmm. my whole addiction was more with gaming right it wasn't right. as much with the social media part yeah. now the way i used gaming was kind of social media in a sense because i will always play online right yeah. so and that was kind of my only social interaction with a lot of people. Right. So yeah. I feel like it's kind of the same thing with others where once they feel lonely, they might yeah. try using it too much or gain a, you know, just talk with anyone. And that can be dangerous too because, you know, that can lead to a lot of cyberbullying too. Where mm-hmm. That's true. Anyone can see anything you post and... You know, it's not quite like bullying when I went to school where social media was becoming a thing, but it wasn't, like, super big yet. Yeah. You Just know, like Facebook, maybe. Yeah. Live Facebook. <laughs> I mean, back at my time was, you know, MySpace first. MySpace, and then, yeah, yeah Facebook. Yeah. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... You know, and but but it almost works the same way as bullying, right? Because mm-hmm. you you know you have kids who spread a rumor or have a picture and spread it around, and yeah. cyberbullying can work the same way. You post something that you only want a certain amount of people to see, but yeah. one person gets a hold of it, and they can just use it to blackmail people. Or exactly, and it's hard yeah. to control who's going to see what. You never know yeah. who's going to see. And sometimes I know when you're not feeling great, it can be. You can feel good to vent on social media and use it as an outlet for those bad feelings. Yeah. But then, yeah, if people, if anybody can see it, exactly, there's not, it doesn't, it's not private. Um, do you feel like, do you, do you have any advice for people that are struggling with uh, addiction to social media or, or uh, like um, MMO gaming? Well, a lot of it is just, it's easier said than done but you know you have to learn to love yourself right because that's where you fall into that trap where Mm -hmm. you're so desperate for friends and attention and everything that you don't you want to seek approval from other people instead of yourself and so i would say you know a lot of the times just work on those little things things that make you happy not what others yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And... I think it's better to find real and genuine connections outside of social media now because 
like because there's so it's so easy to connect and it's so it's so easy to connect with people that you're not really that close with mm. that the connections aren't genuine anymore yeah it's almost too easy and like you're just not getting a real genuine connection like you would in real life yeah, yeah. so find real connections in life and have like a good support network like built up around you before you like even use social media because it can really impact you negatively like if you don't have those supports because like if you see all these images all the time and like you know there's a lot of negativity online so like mm -hmm. there's like a real risk you could get cyberbullied or like mm -hmm. anything like that so you need to have like already the mental space to be able to handle all those negative things that could come at you yeah mm -hmm. absolutely and you know you saying about the 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 negativity mm -hmm. and there is so much negativity around mm -hmm. that and yeah it's like i think we internalize a lot of that mm -hmm. and so being able to look at okay this is what this person is saying and this is my opinion and this is my feelings mm -hmm. and i don't have to be exactly what this person yeah. says you know mm -hmm. like it's it's being true to yourself yeah exactly right? which is so hard when there's like if you look at the wrong place online then all you will see is the same opinion over and over and it'll make mm -hmm. you feel like that opinion is the truth which yeah. isn't true because if you look on other places or like talk to people in your life it could vary so drastically because people aren't being their true selves online like yeah. the opinions that come out online are like very polarizing i mm -hmm. feel like mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah and there's like kind of when you have hundreds of th or thousands of people all saying the same thing it's yeah. like oh i have to also believe this right because yeah. they're right mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah you got to be careful with that for sure all right well thanks so much for joining me today no problem <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to radio totally normal toronto on cjru 1280 am and cjru.ca in toronto thanks for tuning in you are listening to RTNT's special one-hour episode in support of World Mental Health Day. This year's World Mental Health Day focus is on young people and mental health in a changing world. We just heard from Caitlin, Joey, and Cal from Potential Place discussing social media and cyberbullying and how it affects our mental health. Potential Place is a clubhouse based in Calgary, Alberta. For more information about Potential Place, please visit their website, potentialplace.org. In the 2016 UNICEF opinion poll on the experience of bullying to which 100,000 young people in 18 countries responded, among those who had experienced bullying, 25% reported that they had been bullied because of their physical appearance, 25% because of their gender or sexual orientation, and 25% because of their ethnicity or national origin. One in five girls are cyberbullied, one in ten boys are cyberbullied, and 92% of teens ages 13 to 17 go online daily. This information was gathered from StopBullying.org. If you or someone you know is experiencing cyberbullying or suspect you may be cyberbullying, please consider these tips from the World Federation for Mental Health. Listen to others with care and support. Build healthy relationships, both individually and in the family. Family communication, built with trust and respect, this will provide another layer of protection and safety within family dynamics. Empowering our young people to be strong and to be able to walk away and tell someone if something is making them feel uncomfortable. World Federation for Mental Health also states that it is important to establish tech free times for all family members and to spend this time doing something together. 
Knowing about bullying and the effects it has on others can be upsetting and life-changing. Regardless, they are the facts and we must pay attention to them. It is important to keep informed so that we know what to say to young people. As adults, we cannot hide from the reality that wrongful behaviors online, otherwise talked about as cyberbullying, hurts others in varying degrees. However, much time is needed. We must spend time to learn to talk with young people about the repercussions of bullying. We need to teach about respect, compassion, empathy, and ultimately, kindness. For anybody that would like to support the following segment, Canada, Canada Kids' help phone number is 1-800-668-6868. If you would like more information regarding cyberbullying, please go to the World Federation for Mental Health website. We will now be taking a short break and listen to a song by Tragically Hit Bob Cajun. You are listening to Radio Totally Normal Toronto on CJRU 1280 AM and CJRU.ca in Toronto. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to RTNT's special one-hour episode in support of World Mental Health Day. This year's World Mental Health Day focus is on young people and mental health in a changing world. Some members and staff from Progress Place hit the streets of Toronto to ask the public their viewpoints surrounding mental health myths and stigmas. For further information on facts related to common myths and mental health, please visit cmha.ca. We are now going to hear from a person we interviewed from the streets of Toronto. Bobby from RTNT asked her a series of true or false questions. Let's hear what she had to say. Kids cannot experience mental illness. Those are adult problems. Pardon me? Kids cannot experience mental illness. Those are adult problems. Uh, that would be false. Okay. Um, you know, expectations because kids cannot explain themselves fully. But it doesn't mean something is not there. That's the reason why I am a nanny. I'm taking care of kids. I always make sure that I always tell the kids, feel free to express how you feel. How do you feel today? Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you annoyed? Because this is helping the kids, you know, like, because if you let the kids stop them and silence them, they will not be free. And it's in their mind all the time. Right. So it 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 starts with the kids. So you have to let them express how they feel. Okay. Everyone gets depression as they grow older. It's a part of the process. I would believe that's a yes for me. But I strongly see that it's up to the person how you handle stress. Because you get depressed depression if you let it conquer you. It's all in the will and the strong mind, but I think it will need some help from other adults. If you see that some of your friends and other people can, uh, you know, hard, hard is hard up in explaining themselves, then you can you you can see the signs, right? So you can tell them uh, maybe something's bothering you. Do you feel like sharing it with me? Maybe I can help. You know, something like that, because we don't know really people around us. Even though the close friends we have, family we have, you don't know. They are experiencing depression already and they're not telling you, right? So we are there to help each other. That's my point of view. Very good. 
me- uh, mental illnesses are a real illness. Yes, definitely true. It's a real true illness. And um, people need help in this kind of, you know, like help. Because sometimes people are not that social enough. You know, they, they tend to like hide hide those emotions or those ideas, their opinion, because people tend to just shut them out, right? So they have to be free and expressing themselves. That's how I feel about it. You are listening to Radio Totally Normal Toronto on CJRU 1280 AM and CJRU.ca in Toronto. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to RTNT's special one-hour episode in support of World Mental Health Day. We just heard from Bobby from RTNT asking a woman from the streets of Toronto true or false questions regarding common myths about mental health. It's interesting to hear her talk about the need to create a safe environment for children and young people to express themselves and to reach out for help if needed. Canadian Mental Health Association says even children can experience mental illnesses. In fact, many mental illnesses first appear when a person is young. Mental illnesses may look different in children than in adults, but they are a real concern. Mental illnesses can impact the way young people learn and build skills, which can lead to challenges in the future. Unfortunately, many children don't receive the help that they need. If you know a child or a young person that needs support with mental illness and live in Canada, please reach out to Kids Help Phone at 1-800-668-6868. If you live in other parts of the world, please reach out to your local healthcare providers. We will now hear an interview with James and Christine from McDonald Berman Uphouse, a clubhouse in Montreal. Uphouse also has their own radio program that you'll, that you'll hear about in the next clip. James and Christine each tell their, exper- tell their personal story with their experience of suicide. Just a heads up that the following interview contains discussion of events related to suicide, which some may find distressing. Donald Berman Uphouse is a clubhouse in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Our clubhouse is located on a street called Nemur, near the Metro Nemur station on the Orange Line. We are open during the week from 9 a.m. until 4 p.m. Like any other clubhouse in the world, Uphouse has has a work order day where members working side by side with other members and staff in the kitchen, in the administration area, garden, multimedia, and the library. We also have an online radio station, Radio Up, which you can visit at www.radio-up.org. Members of Hophouse gather, make plans, and produce episodes every Thursday afternoon. Our new Radio Up website contains 21 episodes. And would you like to introduce yourself now, uh, James? Yeah. Hi, my name is James Reed, and uh, I've been a member uh, of Uphouse since 2010. And at Uphouse, I usually do the newsletter. Um, before the illness hit, I was an engineer for uh, Bombardier here in uh, Montreal. And before Uphouse, I was an outpatient at the Montreal General Hospital. And my goal currently is to cope with change. I've been a member at Uphouse 
since 2016. My name is Christine Allen. At Uphouse, I usually do reception, baking, knitting, and administrative tasks, such as data entry. Before my illness, I was an administrative assistant at a private high school for over 15 years. Before Uphouse, I was a member, uh, I was an outpatient at the, uh, the Jewish General Hospital in Montreal. My goal currently is learning to live with my mental illness and to try to regain some of my um, some of my independence that I had uh, before. Here at Uphouse, the reason why doing reception is so important to me, I wanted to see if I could still do something. And so the clubhouse environment is extremely important to me because it shows me that um, maybe I, I, I can still do something. I could still do some type of uh, uh, a work. I call it volunteer work when I come here in work reception. And I think that's very important that there's an environment where a person like me can go who's, you know, hit the absolute bottom and has no self-esteem. And I could rebuild it and, you know, I, there's a lot of skills that I can share and, I, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. I think that um, being in a, in a collaborative in uh, a collaborative environment, it allows people to like here at Uphouse to restart the button, and at least we're doing something. Meanwhile, meanwhile, all of the the rest of it kind of just quietens down. For World Mental Health Day, we'd be, we'll be talking about suicide. James? Yes, well, myself, I was a family member and I used to go for a run and I happened to stop uh, on a church uh, along my run to make a prayer and I heard this voice say, call your brother, he's in danger. So as soon as I got home, I called, and he'd just taken a, a bottle of pills. And so uh, I called the uh, 911, and then I talked to him on the phone. I called his friend in Toronto so that he could go to the apartment and check, it, check up on him. And uh, that's basically how I was... Uh, I became a support person for my brother. Um, if you may, I, could I add something there? Why is suicide important to talk about? Uh, suicide is important to talk about to just take away the stigma of um, and the guilt. We speak about uh, suicide because it becomes all powerful, all that's all you think about and you need to have a support system in place so that you can talk about it and you can go and get help and what have you. And I think that it's very important to talk about suicide because I had suffered with 
the I had the thought of suicide for years in my head. Perhaps we can some person we could reach out to somebody and they could they can hear us if we talk about it. And if we never talk about it, then you you feel isolated. I just wanted to mention that I think the way we can improve our awareness um, about suicide is t through talking about it. I think that's one of the most beneficial uh, things that we can do and more people should share their experiences if it's possible. And I really appreciate uh, hearing about James's experience because we hear a lot about the person who commits suicide or attempts suicide, but we don't hear a lot about how it affects the families. Thank you, James, for You're sharing welcome. that. You're welcome. Welcome back to Radio Totally Normal Toronto on CJRU 1280 AM and CJRU.ca. We just listened to an interview with James and Christine from Up Clubhouse in Montreal. The interview is about their experiences with suicide and recovery. It seems like every day you turn on the news, someone else has taken his or her life. Famous people, young, old, rich, poor, healthy, and sick. Suicide does not discriminate. For young people, suicide is the second leading cause of death and completely preventable. Stigma, particularly surrounding mental disorders and suicide, means many people thinking of taking their own life or who have attempted suicide are not seeking help and are therefore not getting the help they need. The prevention of suicide has not been adequately addressed due to a lack of awareness of suicide as a major health problem and the taboo in many societies to openly discuss it. If you or someone you know are in crisis, Contact 911 for immediate help. If you live in Ontario and are thinking about suicide, please call 416-408-HELP or your local emergency services. For those outside Ontario, please visit International Association for Suicide Prevention's Crisis Centers at iasap.info. For friends or family who suspect someone who is in need of suicide prevention, please visit Ontario Suicide Prevention Network that's CA or contact your local emergency services. We need to end the stigma surrounding mental health and suicide. Thank you to James and Christine from Donald Berman Uphouse in Montreal for sharing their experience and perspective on suicide. If you are in Montreal or know someone who is in need of support and would like to connect with Donald Berman Uphouse, please visit uphouse.org. Now we'll go back to Bobby from RTNT as he asks people from the streets of Toronto true or false questions about mental health stigma found on cmha.ca. Let's hear what the gentleman had to say. People who experience mental illness are weak and cannot handle stress. False. Absolutely false. It is comforting to hear how confident this person is in answering this question because it is absolutely correct. The answer is false. The myth is that people who experience mental illness are weak and can't handle stress. Fact, stress impacts well-being, but this is true for everyone. People who experience mental illnesses may actually be better at managing stress than people who haven't experienced mental illnesses. Many people who experience mental illnesses learn skills like stress management and problem solving so they can take care of stress before it affects their well-being. 
Taking care of yourself and asking for help when you need it are signs of strength, not weakness. Let's hear what other answer he gives. People who experience mental illness cannot work. Uh, that's also false. Uh, there are some people who, in theory, don't have any mental illness, uh, can't work either. So it's, it's, not, it's a false claim to begin with. So. Interesting point about how people living without mental illnesses can find themselves unable to work. Fact. Whether you realize it or not, workplaces are filled with people who have experienced mental illnesses. Mental illness doesn't mean that someone is no longer capable of working. Some people benefit from changes at work to support their goals, but many people work with few supports from their employers. Most people who experience serious mental illnesses want to work, but face systemic barriers to finding and keeping meaningful employment. Back to Bobby from RTNT for more questions from the streets of Toronto. Everyone gets depression as they grow older. It's a part of the process. Uh, it's false. Not everyone gets depression, although a lot of people do and they don't even know about it. So it's, uh, it's a more serious problem than we all realize. Um, and there are, uh, and I'm also glad to hear that more and more people are open up about it, opening up about it, and it's become more of a, less of a stigma and uh, it's, it's more, more acceptable, I guess. Stigma plays a factor into the reasons why someone may seek out help for illnesses like depression. It is important to strive for increased community awareness of these issues so that judgment is not a worry for our future generations. Fact, depression is never an inevitable part of aging. Older adults may have a greater risk of depression because they experience so many changes in roles and social networks. If an older adult experiences depression, they need the same support as anyone else. One final question from Bobby on the streets of Toronto. Mental illness are a real illness. For sure, just like um, our physical illness, you can break a bone. Just like mental illness, there is uh, something that's not functioning. And it's just, yeah, it's just a regular illness. Fact. The words we use to describe mental illness have changed greatly over time. What hasn't changed is the fact that mental illness are not the regular ups and downs of life. Mental illnesses create distress, don't go away on their own, and are real health problems with effective treatments. When someone breaks their arm, we wouldn't expect them to just get over it, nor would we blame them if they needed a cast, sling, or other help in their daily life while they recover. It's important to acknowledge the voice of young individuals in these changing times as they will be the ones guiding the world to a new chapter. Adolescence brings new challenges into the horizon for our youth, and it's up to our communities to make an impact in awareness to combat stigma. Up next, you'll hear a member share her experience with her transitional employment. Clubhouses provide those with mental illness a smooth transition into the workplace. We believe that given the right environment, people with mental illness can become productive, contributing citizens. Collaborating with partners in the business community Clubhouses are able to give people living with mental illness the chance to work in the competitive job market, receive the support they need to stay on the job, get paid a competitive wage, and ultimately improve their self-confidence. If you are interested in becoming an, empl an employment partner of Progress Place, please email us at partners at progressplace.org. For any other cities around the world, please visit clubhouseinternational.org for a couple of for a clubhouse in your community. 
you will start by hearing from Sana and Lara from Progress Place. By the end of the clip, you will hear three members of the Minden Gross team. Sana discusses the impact her mental illness had on her life and how the clubhouse has helped her. Let's listen in to what Sana has to say. A year and a half ago, I had no future in my mind. I couldn't even imagine anything. I couldn't say anything about my future. I used to be in my own country. I used to be a general manager for four years. It was a very stressful job and very high profile job. I am and I used to be a very active woman. I cannot just sit home and do nothing. I have to do something. But I was so afraid to go back to work. When I first met Sana, it was obvious that she was a very kind and compassionate person. And she learned very quickly. A lot of members join Progress Place with really no expectation around employment, usually from many years of being told by doctors, by their family or friends, or even by society that they can't work, that they won't work. But Sana very quickly identified that working was one of her main goals. I think a lot of people can feel very nervous about going back to work. They've got a lot of anxiety, but I think that's why the TE program is so successful. Having the support of a Progress Place staff train you on the job and to be there to support you really helps to relieve some of that pressure. We went together to Minden Gross and she introduced all the staff to me. They were so friendly, but I was nervous because I was going to back to a place that I was afraid of. She said, don't worry, we are going to be with you. This was very important to me that I could feel like I'm not alone here in this. When I go into a company, we identify one part-time entry-level position that would hopefully be dedicated permanently to Progress Place. It's really important that I understand the work environment to ensure that the right member is matched with the right position, which then sets everybody up for success. If for some reason a member can't work one of their shifts, perhaps they've got an important appointment, uh, they're sick, they're not feeling well, uh, I'll actually go in and cover the job for them. And that means that there's you know, no interruption in workflow. And because of that, employers are able to put their trust in us. I've been the managing partner of uh, our law firm in Gross for, for many years. And um, I receive a variety of things, uh, uh, emails, letters, phone calls. But um, this one struck me. I said, you know what, this is something Gross should look into doing. And I said, this is kind of an interesting uh, idea, but how can, we, how can we do this? How can we make it work within um, you know, a law office environment, a downtown law firm that's a pretty um, high pressure work environment? I've been working in HR for many, many years now and have worked with employees who have struggled with uh, depression and they didn't want to let anyone know and they would say, Diane, you can't tell anybody. So it was stuck in the back of my mind that it would be nice to give back to the community and Progress Place just sort of piqued my interest as an, uh, an organization that was trying to help. So I, I really liked the idea. And it's amazing to see the individuals when they first start at Men and Gross. Um, the individuals have, that, that come in, um, they just want to do a great job. And what was nice is that we didn't have to consume a lot of energy 
into training the individual. We, we, we sort of train the developer, show them how it's done, and then they bring that forward to, to the uh, recipients that come on board. And that was really nice because we didn't have to take a big chunk of our time to train the individuals. Initially, um, you know, when it was brought to my attention, I was kind of a little standoffish. I, I must admit I was a little hesitant and uh, I feel like um, it's completely changed my, my views of mental health and uh, you know, it's wonderful. Not everyone realizes that members are just people like anyone else. They've got the same hopes and dreams for a future like you or I do. The only difference really is that their lives were interrupted by an illness. I feel like right now I have this motivation, this energy, this confidence to say it loudly. <laughs> this is a huge thing. One year ago, I couldn't even talk about it. I couldn't even put it in a sentence. But now I'm saying this loud. This is my plan for my future. It's a huge change in my life. You are listening to Radio Totally Normal Toronto on CJRU 1280 AM and CJRU.ca in Toronto. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to RTNT special one-hour episode in support of World Mental Health Day. This year's World Mental Health Day focus is on young people and mental health in a changing world. Thank you to Sina and staff from Minden Gross for sharing their experience with the Transitional Employment Program. We now go back to Bobby from RTNT, who interviewed people on the streets of Toronto to hear the public opinion of myths and stigmas about mental health from CMHA.ca. In the next segment, we will hear one woman's thoughts on mental illness. Bad parenting causes mental illness. False. We're glad to hear that she recognizes that bad parenting is not the sole cause of mental illness. CMHA adds and explains that no one factor can cause mental illness. Mental illnesses are complicated conditions that arise from a combination of genetics, biology, environment, and life experiences. Family members and loved ones do have a big role in support and recovery. Take it away, Bobby. Mental illness is an excuse for poor behavior. False. Good. She is definitely correct as it is not an excuse for poor behavior. It's true that some people who experience mental illnesses may act in ways that are unexpected or seem strange to others. We need to remember that the illness, not the person, is behind these behaviors. No one chooses to experience a mental illness. People who experience a change in their behavior due to a mental illness may feel extremely embarrassed or ashamed around others. It's also true that people with a history of mental illness are like anyone else. They may make poor choices or do something unexpected for reasons unrelated to symptoms of their illness. Bobby will ask her one more question. People with mental illness are violent and dangerous. False. I mean, just like anybody else in the population, sure. Some people may be, but it's not always the case. She is absolutely correct by saying false, and she makes a good point by stating that there are people who may be violent in the community. However, it does not mean that they have a mental illness. CMHA further explains that some people try to predict violence so they know what to, what to avoid. However, the causes of violence are complicated. Researchers agree that mental illnesses are not a good predictor of violence. In fact, if we look at mental illnesses on their own, people who experience a mental illness are no more violent than people without a mental illness. 
Excluding people from communities is linked to violence, and people with mental illnesses are often among those who are excluded. It's also important to note that people who experience mental illnesses are much more, are much more likely to be victims of violence than to be violent. Clubhouse International reaches over 100,000 people living with mental illness per year in, three, in over 320 clubhouses in 34 countries. Please visit clubhouseinternational.org to find a clubhouse in your community. We would like to thank all those involved with this episode of Radio Totally Normal Toronto. A special thank you to Ryerson Radio for providing with us with an additional 30 minutes for the special one-hour edition of Radio Totally Normal Toronto in support of World Mental Health Day. A huge thank you to both clubhouses, Potential Place in Calgary, and Donald Berman Uphouse in Montreal. For more information about Potential Place, please visit their website at potentialplace.org. If you would like to connect with Donald Berman Uphouse, please visit uphouse.org for more information. We'd like to thank the public of Toronto for their willingness to participate in our True or False questionnaire. You can visit toronto.cmha.ca for more details about the myths and stigmas about mental health. For more information on World Mental Health Day, please visit the World Health Organization website, who.int. As well, thank you to all the members and staff of Progress Place who worked especially hard to put together this very important episode. And that just brings us to the end of our show. Thank you to our guests and to you for tuning in. RTNT will be back on November 14th at 3 o'clock p.m. If you want to know more about RTNT, check out RadioTotallyNormalToronto.org or find us on SoundCloud or iTunes. If you'd like to learn more about Progress Place, please visit ProgressPlace.org. And of course, you can track Progress Place on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Once again, thank you for joining us and have an amazing afternoon. We take you out with Neil's, Neil Young's song, Razor Love. Show him what you got, Neil. Peace out. <laughs>